Greetings, citizens, and welcome to Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan, and we have a roundtable prepared for you tonight. We're doing a special live recording of Unknown. We are live right now on Facebook Live. We are recording this on Sunday, April 29th. So we look forward to having people join us. We'll get to some questions at the end of the show. But let me go ahead and introduce to you our panel, because we do have a panel, a roundtable discussion tonight. And I'm excited to have everybody here. So first, Maureen Ellsbury. Maureen Ellsbury from Rogue Planet is with us. Ryan Sprague, everybody here. This is a, this is a, a Rogue Planet reunion, really. <laughs> Ryan Sprague, somewhere in the skies, Rogue Planet, and Shane Hurd. Shane Hurd is new, uh, a new member of uh, our squad at Rogue Planet. So welcome, Shane. Welcome everybody to our fun roundtable. Thanks for having Glad us. Good to be here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the topic of our discussion tonight is MUFON, and that's a very broad topic. And for those of you who don't know what MUFON is, MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network, really the largest current uh, UFO organization. They are an organization, a nonprofit organization that exists to uh, study and explore UFO and UFO-related phenomena. And uh, depending on who you talk to and depending on when they choose to, to list this in their, their objectives, a scientific approach to the study of UFOs. And in recent years, um, and certainly in the past two years, there's been a lot of negative press about MUFON and a lot of uh, sort of trouble from within. And we're going to talk about some of those things tonight and also get into really looking at and, and exploring if MUFON is even relevant in 2018 and where it sort of sits in modern day UFO research. So I'm really excited to dive into this, some of this stuff. So let's lay the, some of the groundwork first. And Ryan, uh, I'd love for you to jump in here and help me because um, it was sort of fortuitous and uh, you know a, a happy coincidence that today, April 29th, Newsweek published an article on this very topic, talking about um, some of the problems with MUFON. And uh, you know this uh, really stems from one individual and comments he made back in 2017. So Ryan, if you would, you want to set that up for us? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think it was about a month ago when I personally, I interviewed uh, Dr. Chris Cogswell, who became the new director of research for MUFON. Uh, really awesome guy, you know, on the younger side, uh, actually has a PhD and was really excited to start working for MUFON and uh, bring that scientific approach that MUFON uh, always says that is a part of their mission, uh, bring that to the forefront. And uh, Chris had all these amazing ideas of what to do and to peer review everything, all the reports that came in, and get a core group of uh, academics and uh, historians and scientists to come together and really shake things up at MUFON. Um, so I was excited. I was back on the MUFON, you know, board. I, I was ready to uh, to be a fanboy again. And then a couple months later, I found out that uh, Chris resigned uh, out of out of the blue. And we came to find out that this was because of uh, what had happened 
what was it, maybe six months prior with uh, the event with one of the the state directors of MUFON, a, uh, a Facebook post that he made, a very controversial racist post, as it were. And, um, and like you said, Jason, it was very fortuitous that today a article came out in Newsweek uh, where Chris was featured. Uh, former state directors of MUFON were featured. The executive director and the person in question were all featured in this article um, about about the event that had happened and how it was handled by MUFON, the organization. So, uh, yeah, how I got involved, uh, I, I, I was contacted by the gentleman who wrote the Newsweek article uh, just for my thoughts on uh, racism within the UFO community, within the, uh, you know, the field, as it were. And uh, I gave some, some of my thoughts, but I was more, I was actually more excited to hear that they had talked to actual MUFON members about this and their thoughts on it. So that's kind of the whole snowball effect that this entire event had. Um, I don't know if you want me to be specific about what was said by this gentleman, but I'm sure we'll get into that. So, yeah. Well, since that's sort of sort of uh, yeah, what what really spawned a lot of the the attention and and some of the the main issues that have come up, and certainly was the the focus of the Newsweek article. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and and go into that a little bit? Yeah, so I mean, the 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 person in question. I mean, we can name him at this point. This was John Venture. He was a mm-hmm. state director for Mufon, Pennsylvania. Uh, made a very controversial post on his personal Facebook page uh, that is worth mentioning here about uh, white genocide, uh, something the the alt right, the far right likes to use uh, to their advantage in their rhetoric, and um, and it really took a lot of people by surprise. I mean. It, we, I never had seen him say anything like this before, but it really took a lot of people by surprise, and it started getting shared and shared, and a lot of people were really offended. And, you know, everyone started saying, okay, what are they going to do about this? They got to fire the dude. They got to get rid of him. Any institution or organization, I think, would do that if they saw that one of their members was posting disgusting, revolting things like this. Um, and that's not exactly how it was handled by the organization. So I, I think that's where the real problem stemmed is uh, the the racist rant aside. It's how it was handled and dealt with. And uh, very little, uh, I guess, you know, punishment was was done in terms of this. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's convoluted. It's messy, as these things often are. But um, this Newsweek article, I think, has really shed a good light on it. And this is the consequence of what happens when you don't deal with it. Uh, it starts going to the mainstream press. And uh, I think this isn't the last we're going to see of it, for sure. Well, and yeah, the the uh, title of this article is called, it, it says, What If Aliens Met Racists? MUFON Resignations Highlight Internal Divisions in UFO Sighting Organization. Yeah, I mean, that's not good press. That is not good press. When they say all press is good press, uh, this certainly isn't the case. I mean, we've seen so many resignations within MUFON in the past, God, you know, since this happened. Major, major people who've been with the organization 
for decades and decades. And it isn't just this one incident. I, I'd like to add that as well. I mean, uh, this has been a problem within the organization for a while. Uh, not only racism, but, you know, misogyny, sexism, um, all these things have come up in what's often considered a boys club. So uh, I'm happy these things are getting out there and exposed. It's extremely sad and disheartening, but uh, if it's not exposed, then it's never going to change. So that's kind of where I left it with the, the article that came out today. Well, and to be fair, we'll uh, read uh, John Ventry's comment because he was quick to comment on the Newsweek article. Um, and he posted, sensationalizing old news seems desperate and vindictive to me. I only responded one time to a potential hate crime and later apologized. This is free speech. My post was on my personal page and not on my MUFON Pennsylvania page because it had nothing to do with UFOs. There is a very vindictive agenda here. I'm glad I'm above all that, which I've demonstrated for years through my charitable giving and volunteerism to many local charities. You should judge someone by what they do, not what they say. One time in anger, shame on you. So, and yeah. certainly a lot of uh, Ventry supporters have, have gone on and, and you know have, have voiced their support for John and saying that in their interaction with John, they've never seen him be anything but wonderful. And, you know, John's a very charming guy. I mean, I was on Hangar One with John, um, you know, and that really, you know, people need to, I, I think, not be quick to dismiss things just because you've met somebody and they seem nice. I mean, you have to kind of take everything they do. So, it, you know, John's comment about you have to judge people by what they do. Um, what you say is kind of, you know, what you do. That's part of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I think, uh, sorry, Maureen, the, the whole idea of, um, you know, free speech, uh, this is something that Venture had been touting was, you know, I, it's my Facebook page, I have free speech, but we all know free speech comes with consequences, and I think that's kind of where we're at right now. So that's, that's all I wanted to add to that, Jason. Well, here's something well, Especially that, when you're a public ahead, figure. I mean, yes. I'm just saying, especially when you're a public figure, you have to um, have a, take it, action, you know, take account for what you're saying, because uh, people are looking up to you who are in different positions, and if you're you know, kind of spewing this kind of stuff. It doesn't matter if it's on your personal page. You're accountable for what you say. And he, uh, instead of doing that, was very dismissive and um, defensive of, of, you know, what he's trying to say and try to make it off like it wasn't a big deal. But it was. I mean, I immediately unfriended him because personally, I don't want to see that people say that kind of stuff. Horrible. And, and it's rampant in this industry. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, looking at, at MUFON as a whole, you know, we've talked about some, some issues and some, some problems that uh, the organization has had over the years, simply because, you know, in, in my opinion, certainly, um, it is a large organization. I mean, it's a huge national organization, but it's also international, and it's largely volunteer-based. And you've got, you know, chapter after chapter after chapter all around the country um, run by different people, different individuals, and there's really not, and, you know, blame it on lack of resources or whatever, but there really is lack of sort of central organization and central control. So you'll have one chapter of this scientific-based organization, um, you know, very focused in, in all of their meetings and, and what they're telling people on things that are not at all based in science, you know, are very focused on 
uh, you know, a lot of crystal healing and, you know, sort of the new agey type stuff um, or, you know, just a lot of what's really considered the far fringes of UFO research. Um, and then you have some chapters that are very focused on the science, on the investigation and doing some fantastic work. And Shane, I'd love to bring you in the conversation because you are a member of MUFON and uh, an investigator here at Phoenix MUFON. So I'd love to get your thoughts on your experience with MUFON and certainly your, 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 uh, you know, what you've thought of being part of MUFON so far. Yeah, I uh, thanks for that, Jason. And yeah, full disclosure, I'm not only a member, but I am a field investigator. Uh, have been so for about a year. I'm in the Phoenix branch. Uh, I happen to believe it is one of the better branches, very focused and scientific oriented. Um, and my experience has been nothing but positive. All of the people, leadership, um, fellow investigators, very heads up people focused. Um, we don't really go down the, the path of what we call the woo-woo kind of stuff. Um, you know, we try and stick to, stick to the facts. And, of course, I don't claim to be a scientist by any means, but an investigator and somebody who collects facts and data and compiles that in a way that, you know, it can be used by scientists. So, and then the other thing I guess I could say as well is that there is sort of a differentiation between the local chapters and the national. So I've only had a little experience on a national basis, uh, mainly through the, the symposiums or uh, training bulletins, that kind of thing. Um, and also I, I did have the privilege of being associated with uh, Chris uh, earlier, right before uh, he resigned and was going to participate in some really cool projects. So that was it was really disappointing, but completely respect his uh, decision to um, part ways. When you when you act on conscience, you just can't criticize anyone for that at all. And Ryan, you you recently interviewed Chris, and uh, isn't he now that he's resigned? Isn't he going to be starting his own organization? Yes, yes, he's starting a coalition. Um, I, I think this is great because, again, he was really going to change things for MUFON. I, I honestly believe that. Um, now, that's not to say that I don't think MUFON is going to continue to do great work. Like, like Shane said, um, I have so many colleagues and good friends who are still state directors and researchers for MUFON, and that's amazing. They're all doing, like Shane said, their own work in their own branches, and that's great. Uh, the real problem stems with the higher-ups, I believe. Um, and I think that's what Chris really recognized and realized that he wasn't being told the truth about how this this incident was handled. So he got out. You know, wh why waste your time with an organization that can't be fully transparent and uh, truthful with you? So Chris wanted to keep doing the work. He he knew a lot of people were counting on him, myself included, to really bring that scientific approach back to ufology. And uh, so, yeah, as far as I know, he's working on getting a group of scientists, academics, uh, researchers, historians, um, psychologists, everything you could think of that somehow is intrinsically linked to the UFO topic, study, phenomenon, um, get them all together, peer review everything, and, uh, you know, make their own educated uh, reports. Not, not so much conclusions, but... Um, yeah, it sounds really exciting. Uh, it sounds a lot more 
uh, heavy, heavy hitting than I think a lot of the uh, MUFON reports often are. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. Hopefully someday they can share information with one another, whatever Chris ends up doing and MUFON, and we can get past all this. Again, I think this needs to be uh, the press that MUFON gets right now, or else it's going to keep happening. So... I wish Chris the best of luck with his organization, and I still wish MUFON the best. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what Chris does, for sure. So, you know, I there, there have been a lot of people um, in recent years, and certainly since the, the sort of exodus from MUFON by a lot of people and a lot of the leadership, um, people starting their own groups they're you know going 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 it alone um erica lukes is certainly one of those people um i mean even leslie kane you know is you know joined uh you know groups to to you know go it alone and and focus on specific aspects of scientific research when it comes to ufos um so my question to our table here is you know certainly it's got to be extremely challenging um you know when you're going from a large organization like MUFON to a small team of you know two or three or four people um you know your resources are fewer MUFON has this huge network of investigators you know that's a valuable resource and something that no one else frankly can match um so what do you guys see as being the the biggest challenges to people trying to start their own organization focused on UFOs from scratch um, so I think that a, a big problem, again, like you said, is resources, limited resources and money. And um, people that are starting their own organizations are often uh, not able to come up with enough funds to buy all the necessary equipment or, you know, uh, things they need to actually be able to do scientific investigations. And the problem, too, is, you know, MUFON uh, worked really hard. We'll, I'm sure we'll get into the big low stuff later with where the money came from for the uh, rapid response team star. And uh, a lot of UFO investigations, obviously, timing is critical. And if you have the problem where you have a very small organization located in uh, not very many spots and you have an amazing case happen that you're not able to get there right away, you could miss crucial, uh, you know, uh, bits of evidence that would really highlight uh, the case. And I think that all these little small groups working separately, that's where an issue comes in where you're divided and it's harder to collect as much information. Um, and it may like, you know, thin out the water, the information down in terms of collecting a bigger database of info. But again, the problem arises with a monopoly organization as well, where you have to be a certain uh, part of a certain organization in order to access information and, and have this come out. So, um, you know, we even Jason and I talked about in the past starting a, a self-organization to get more young people in because MUFON tends to be uh, older male-dominated, you know, and, and we wanted to try to do something different. But, but then we said, you know what, there's just too many groups starting up. This doesn't make sense. So we're not going to do it. And we didn't have the funds or research uh, resources to create something that would be viable to actually make a difference anyway. So, And we're not saying you're old, Shane. You're not, you're not old. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Not at heart anyway. Not at all, man. Whenever I see you posted photos with grandkids, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, they keep me young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, that's a good point, too. When you look at MUFON, obviously, before I joined, I had been, you know, uh, researching UFOs on my own for quite some period of time. But then, it, you know, it got to the point where I'm like, well, I don't want to just consume the information. I want to play. I want to participate. And um, for me, MUFON made sense in that it was a structured organization and whatever effort presumably you put forth, you know, could accomplish something. And so I think, you know, uh, an organization like MUFON can and should exist from the standpoint it's almost like infrastructure for a country you know you have highways and an electrical grid and you have water and sewer systems and these things make it possible for that that society to operate well really if ufology is a society MUFON is kind of like that infrastructure it's a place where this information can be collected in an organized way it can be you know aggregated and categorized and it can be processed in a way that then it can be scientifically studied so and then made available for people to see the results so from that perspective I think the the premise is great the problem is, it's just like any organization, it's made up of people and people make mistakes and, you know, you're going to have positives and you're going to have negatives. And, and so you just want to make sure I think in my point of view, why I haven't really resigned or anything at this point is, you know, the positives are still outweighing the negatives. So I'm still going to participate. Um, and I'm hoping in time that, you know, uh, MUFON leadership will make the right decision. Obviously, what's happened is is completely unacceptable uh, in this day and age. There's no place for racism. As far as I'm concerned, there's only one race, the human race. Why are we treating each other in any other way is unbelievable. So uh, that but that thinking is out there and it's common. And that's a sad thing. But, you know, bringing issues up in this way, like we are um, like that Newsweek article. I mean, those are the things that are going to help correct that. I think something you said was really good earlier um, Ryan was that, or Mamie Marine was that when somebody acts in a certain way, they should be held accountable and responsible for those actions, you know, and that's really what we're looking at here is, you know, a person, an individual has done this, reflects badly on, on so many, sadly, but, um, you know, that's what needs to be corrected is, you know, that situation. So that being said... I, I, I guess you, you already answered the question, but do, do you guys feel that there's hope for MUFON? Can MUFON get back on track and become the organization that we all want it to be? I feel like that question's been asked so many times throughout the decades. Um, but, Jason, that's a really good question. I, I've seen so many people saying, oh, this is the nail in the coffin. Like, this is it, you know. Once this this incident goes mainstream, like, they're done. Um, but we, we all know that's not going to be the case. Hopefully, there will be an overhaul within the board of directors and whatnot to deal with situations like this. Maybe there will be a stricter protocol or um, new things implemented, which is all, like... You know, I'm, again, I'm not a member. That's all I would want if I was a part of the organization is like something, some sort of protocol for situations like this. I mean, the executive director was deleting comments from people criticizing what happened. I mean, that, that's just not a way to handle something like this. So, again, I think Jen Harzen has done some really amazing things for the organization. Um, this was not one of them. Uh, but I think he he's done a lot for the organization, and I hope, hope, hope 
that um, they can move past this. And like Shane said, there's so many hardworking investigators out there using their own resources and their own money to do these investigations. So I think we have to keep that in mind. There are hundreds and hundreds of individuals who are not racists, who are not bigots, who are not sexist within the organization. And, um, and that's, that's what we need. Again, like you don't want a racist investigator going out and investigating something with such a vulnerable witness who may not happen to be the same ethnicity as they are or gender as they are. So um, maybe some sort of vetting would be a good way to go um, in terms of that. I don't know what that would look like in terms of a protocol, but um, I think if MUFON sticks with their mission of being a scientific organization to benefit humanity and educate humanity, uh, that's where we have to get back to. So yeah, I I do think MUFON is going to keep going. And I think uh, they're going to do some incredible things. But this is kind of a dark time. And when you're in those darkest moments, I think that's when you really have to look at what's going on and reflect on it and move forward. So, again, that's just that's my opinion. Yeah, I definitely think they need uh, some new blood injected as well into the organization, um, different viewpoints. And and again, it's like it's kind of a, a money issue where it's a nonprofit organization uh, the funny's got to come from somewhere, and some of these people who maybe are not as good for the organization as we would like are offering up the greenbacks, and, and that's where it's it's really hard for probably the leadership to determine what to do and how to handle it best because they're worried about losing those funds as well. Sure, that's it's a tricky nonprofit world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would like to point out for for people listening and, and think that this sounds all doom and gloom talking about MUFON and how it uh, you know drags us all down and makes you UFO, UFO research look bad you know we find it's very common in the UFO field for you know people to worry about the reputation of UFOs or the reputation of ufology and I always try to tell people you don't need to worry about it like it's always going to be there. It is what it is. If the evidence is as strong as we all believe it is, it's going to be just fine. Things are going to come and go. Bad news is going to happen. Bad, bad eggs are going to happen. But just keep doing what you're doing and don't worry about that. We feel the need to belong and be part of groups and things. So, you know, I, I, I understand, you know, how it benefits UFO research to have groups, to be part of groups. Um, because they provide, you know, the support, the resources, the other things that you need to further your personal investigation and research. But, and, and those are all great things, but you don't need to be part of a group. You don't need to have the approval of some larger um, real or invisible or pretend uh, community to further your own research to do what you're doing within the UFO uh, search. Uh, so I, I applaud all the people who are in MUFON, who are starting their own organizations, but you don't need to do that. It's okay. You can go it alone. That's what I do. <laughs> it's a good That's point, right. though, man. Yeah, I mean, you, everyone, you know, the, the exopolitics movement are looking for disclosure. You know, this, this big grand disclosure that the government's going to reveal the ET presence. And for the people we've all spoken to who've had sightings or an experience of some sort, uh, that is their personal disclosure. 
And I think that's the most important thing. Like disclosure has happened and it happens one person at a time and it happens in whatever way you see fit as the individual having a sighting. So I think you're right. I don't think we need these huge, um, you know, logos or symbols of MUFON or NICAP or what have you. Like just, just do your own thing, do it underground, do your own research and, uh, Come to your own personal conclusions. Like, why, why let someone else tell you what you saw when you know right. what you yeah. saw? You know, and it's awesome yeah. when you find like-minded people. Absolutely, and we all like to be with people who are who are like us, who have the same likes and same ideas and things like that. That's all great, but you know, at the same time, especially when it comes to the strange, we're all different. We have our own ideas, our own personal experiences our own you know thoughts and speculation about what certain things mean or what we believe is out there or believe is the cause of this or you know we're all different we don't agree i mean i, I would think that very few of us within the ufo field you know believe 100 percent the same as anybody else we are individuals we have our individual thoughts and ideas about this very strange topic so you know people need to keep that in mind we always say UFOs is not a religion, even though it kind of is, because it's based on belief. It shouldn't be treated like a religion. You don't need to believe everything that certain people tell you. Um, you know, think for yourself, do your own research, make up your own ideas. That's what it's all and, about. Yeah, and I think another point directly related to that, Jason, is uh, we see this all the time as researchers and investigators. If you're reporting on something like, oh, you know, there might be a possible microbial uh, life form found on this area, or forever the basis the people that get mad at you for reporting on small things that are relevant to the big picture because they believe that ufos are already here and extraterrestrial life is already here why are we bothering what does it matter if a nasa scientist says something uh, is out there and i think that that's it's they're all little pieces to the bigger picture and it you each person has their own opinion and does their own research it doesn't mean that one aspect of the phenomenon is less important than another. And uh, I think the more people understand that, the more we can move in a cohesive fashion forward uh, to finding out, you know, this big mystery. Yeah, and when you think of it, too, ufology, it's its like a, almost like a buffet, right? You, you have disclosure, you have consciousness, you have the nuts and bolts stuff, um, all of those things. And really, it's too large and broad to to take all of that on on your own anyway you know people have a, have an interest in a particular area then you know research that area you know you know investigate it and and you know be satisfied and interested in that um there's there's room for everybody you know varying opinions you know varying interests um but you know the point is is if you're interested is do something about it do something with it yeah i love that, I love that. Yeah. being proactive absolutely well, I guess we'll conclude our, our MUFON discussion for tonight by, I'll, I'll just say, you know, I have, I have, I still have hope for the organization. I really do because I see its huge benefit, a, a potential benefit, and the, the great that, that it already has done and continues to do. Um, needs to get, get on track. It needs to do a, a little structural uh, reorganizing and, and put some proper procedures in place, but... I'm I'm optimistic that uh, MUFON will will continue and continue down a better path. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but I, I hope 
recent media uh, attention is going to give that push in the right direction. I'm with you, Ryan. I, I think that's what's what's going to come from this. Yeah. Nice code of hope. conduct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, code of conduct. You would yeah. think, right? <laughs> Good wow. place yeah. to start. <laughs> so I'm going to segue now into something that uh, we can conclude on. And I just wanted to talk about this with you guys because it another recent thing that happened and that was uh ancient aliens uh you know that's that's still a thing (laughs) i'm not a fan of ancient aliens i I never really have been and i I talk about uh you know organizations and groups and and people within our field who do things that are you know do do more harm than good i think i think ancient aliens is in the the basket of doing harm but uh that aside for those who who didn't watch, and I didn't watch, but uh, there's certainly been plenty plenty written about it already. Um, the the new episode, you know, featured a, a nice recap of <laughs> a lot of the big news that's that's been happening in the UFO world. Um, you know, just this this past year, and a lot of that obviously focusing on the Pentagon's UFO program, on to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, on Robert Bigelow, and that's all great and fun, and I, I see a lot of people in the UFO community very excited that that was all on TV. But number one, it's all old stuff. We 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 already know that. Sure, the general public does, and it's nice to put that in front of their faces. That that's all good. But it was really just taking previously released material and putting it on their show for content. And did they run out of history? Like the show is Ancient Aliens. I'm sorry. Is 2017 ancient? I mean, we do have a very fast news cycle now, and things go by really fast. But really, Ancient Aliens is going to spend most of their episode talking about things that happened just in recent years. That's kind of pathetic. Sorry, that was my rant. (laughs) No, I I did watch it. I watched this, guys. And yeah, it was slick. It was um, very informational for those not in the know who may not have seen the Pentagon story or I mean here here's the thing with the Pentagon story like it was huge and we all were pretty excited when it first came out and uh what maybe within two weeks just gone mm-hmm. and no one was talking yeah. about it except for you know shows like ours and um more niche communities but um you know, we're hoping that'll be a snowball effect. You know, the Washington Post might do a story. Uh, Politico might do a story. Uh, Newsweek might do a story. I'll bait about racism. But um, that aside, like, yeah, it, it was it was an overview of everything that happened with To the Stars, Penny. They got Podesta to be interviewed on this, which was interesting, to say the least. But, yeah, absolutely no new information no bombshells. And like you said, Jason, Ancient Aliens wasn't mentioned once in the entire thing. So I, I understand, like, you know, if they're a show about UFOs, about aliens, like, why not cover recent events? But um, there was no tying it back to anything, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, while it was interesting, I watched it with uh, with my girlfriend's family, and they weren't really up with what was going on with all that. So it was cool for them. But again, like... It's the filtered version of this information through a major, you know, cable television show on their umpteenth season. So you're getting their angle of it. And um, the the only thing I can say is Giorgio's hair has gotten smaller. So that's <laughs> that we're headed in the right direction that way. So I'll leave it at that. Well, his hairline doesn't agree. 
<laughs> it's it's going the wrong direction. Okay, so it's more of a this sort of situation. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I saw I saw a two hour runtime and, and I have not had time for that. So yeah. uh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I, I actually saw it and you know, I thought they did a, a good job, like you said, as an overview. But my problem with it was that it was so in the model of typical ancient aliens that it didn't stand out. It didn't really make the impact because, you know, they're slick. They have good, you know, good production value and all these things. And it, and it just had that same sort of feel that everything else has. And it just it just didn't stand out to me as important as it, it probably should have been because it just kind of lulled you into that ancient aliens kind of feel. And, and that was it. But they did, you know, they did a good job recapping. I'll put it that way. Yeah, Shane, one thing I wanted to add, too, that's a good point, that they had Stephen Bassett on, guys, and um, as we know, he touts the E.T. presence on Earth very heavily. So when they interviewed him, it was, you know, the the, the special was about co- the cover-up, that the government is keeping this information from us. They showed the, uh, the mock congressional hearings that Bassett put on. Um, the problem with that is Bassett is touting that E.T.s are already here, and again, this is mainstream television where most of the public uh, is not aware of that. And I know this is Ancient Aliens thing. ETs have been here. They've, they've influenced everything. But you are talking to an audience who doesn't necessarily believe that. And here they are saying, you know, the government's covering this up. That I can believe, you know, that they're keeping things secret. The Pentagon program for one. But the fact that he's, he's saying, you're an idiot if you don't believe that ETs have already been here. That's kind of what was happening. And that's where I kind of was like, ah, no. Like, this could have been handled so much more better. So, ugh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and back, for you. Yeah. Yeah, and ba- back to my, my original comment about this being ancient aliens in an odd odd place for, for history to <laughs> you know, include that uh, recent news. It's just weird. I mean, as people, all of us have you know, been on, on UFO programs and are contacted to be on UFO programs all the time, but you know, that, that doesn't, doesn't fare well for us and for other UFO programs if there's already so little UFO content out there that ancient aliens is, is going into current events. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> they got to do the Breaking Bad model, know when to stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Stop taking our work. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, don't jump right, the shark. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. All right, well, I want to thank my roundtable, all my friends, for taking part in this discussion tonight. I think, you know, I wanted to keep it light. There's there's a lot of, of heavy things to talk about with MUFON and a lot of, uh, you know, people from within MUFON and, uh, you know, in in leadership roles and, and people who were in leadership roles and have, have since left that uh, can really add to this conversation. And it's, it's certainly one that we will revisit throughout the year because, you know, I, again, brought on possibly by this Newsweek article, I think there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of change happening within the organization and hopefully for the, for the better. Um, but, yeah, we'll try to talk to, to people personally involved in that um, as it develops. So, Ryan, Maureen, Shane, thank you so much for hanging out. Um, this was fun. You know, a new thing for us to do live with video. Um, still have uh, a couple bugs to work out, but I like this. So if you guys uh, think it works all right, we'll try it again sometime. 
Absolutely. Maybe, maybe with alcohol too. That's always fun. <laughs> always okay. better. I know. I, I, I feel now you're talking without a drink. <laughs> yes, I know. It's weird, right? All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you watch this live with us, check out our website, rogueplanet.tv. That's where all of our strange content is. And Unknown is always available on iTunes and everywhere else. Check out Ryan's show, Somewhere in the Skies. And guys, thanks so much. We'll see you later.